welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian, here with my co-host, Light. Light? I am Light, the Light-Fingered Thief. Oh, my. Stealing. He's a burglar. <laughs> I'm a burglar. The <laughs> burglar. We had a, we had a character. Uh, uh, one of our players made a, made a thief when we were playing. And his thief was, he's, he said that his class was that he was, he was a burglar. I'm a burglar, he said. <laughs> we had fun. <laughs> we had fun with him. <laughs> yeah, it was enjoyable times. He was a burglar. I think someone said he was a, a turd burglar and he was stealing turds from people. <laughs> he stole the turd. Like, he stole the turd. Why he steal that? I left that over there. I was like, what? Unfortunately, some of our games run like we're, we're still 14, so there's a lot of uh, poop and fart jokes. Oh, no. I just let the cat out of the bag. We're immature. <laughs> oh. oh it's, it's okay, though. Well, we'll keep it clean for the podcast. I will tune it down. We're going to have to put an explicit, explicit lyrics thing on here, like, like a <laughs> Like a like a like a like body count album. <laughs> <laughs> Parental advisory. <laughs> Parental advisory. You can't listen to body count because it's got bad words, kids. Exactly. So today we're gonna continue on with our discussion of art. Only we're not talking about specifically Dungeons and Dragons. We're moving on to other role playing games and things that we like and enjoy. What do you what do you have there today, Light, that you would like to talk about art-wise? Well, I have several things, but I was going to talk about the uh, Warhammer universe artwork. So here's the thing. I don't know a lot about Warhammer. I haven't seen much of it. I've just seen some of the covers in the store. I don't own a Warhammer anything, but you have a decent amount of Warhammer stuff, I think. I do have multiple books. I have the uh, old Warhammer classic, Warhammer 40K Rogue Trader from back in the 80s. That's and cool. uh it's uh, falling apart quite a bit, so I'll post some pictures of it at some point in the future. Held <laughs> together by like uh, paper clips and binders. I have but, some. Uh, I have some books in similar condition on my shelf. Yeah, oh, I've got books doing that too. So it's if uh, I'm sorry, you got you all can't see, but uh, we are currently pulling the cover off of the actual book itself. <laughs> the poor thing has seen some better days. Yeah, you know, it was a glue binding, not sewn binding, so the glue obviously has fallen apart in the uh 30 some years since i've had it yeah but, you know i still have the price tag 34.95 which was a lot of money back then yeah that was a lot what, what year did that come out this came out in the uh mid 80s i think it was that was a lot for a role-playing game back then it, it was a lot i mean uh this is a british game so this was 19 mid to late 80s but the warhammer universe you know we won't talk about the politics of it we'll just talk about more the universe itself was you know again defined by the artwork of you know heroic space marines fighting space orcs and such. And there's a lot of great artists in here that defined the game genre. And it's still going very strong today in uh, book novels, as well as, well, it's up to like, I don't know, like seventh incarnation of its uh, actual tabletop miniature um, combat itself. But again, the source books and are the um, material that's been re released for it has really defined the science fiction wargaming industry, you know, with uh, John Blanche, Clint Langley, and all of the full color painted art that they do is, um, again, very amazing artwork that was done that brings forth just huge imagination of the very disturbed, grim future of the Warhammer 40K universe. So for me, I really appreciated the uh, artwork and bringing to life again the imagery and the battle of um, this particular universe and how dark it was. When it comes to older stuff, I, I'm not going to say too old. I'm a big fan of a lot of the Palladium art that made the game for me. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. The Palladium art was, you know, amazing. I, I haven't played Palladium, but the artwork growing up, I was always attracted to it. Kevin Long was did a lot of the earlier stuff and a lot of those covers. And, and Kevin Long had this really crisp, clean style that was just, it was just gorgeous. I loved it. He did the cover of the Vampire Kingdoms of Rifts and yep. stuff like this. The cover art for the Rifts book was actually a guy named was Keith Parkinson, I believe. Par- yeah, it was Keith, Keith Parkinson. Parkinson. I, I bought and, that poster actually. <laughs> yeah, and it's like so. If you ever listen, to, if you're looking for a good podcast on rifts, look at Glitter Boys. B O I S. It's spelled boys, and they talk a lot about it. But the Glitter Boys has been calling the original rifts book that iconic image that so many have seen with this Plugerth. He's got his tentacles coming up out of him, and then the the half naked lady butts around it. They call it the butts edition. <laughs> <laughs> which which we've taken to calling it in our uh in our in our game that we're playing we we make a difference because we're using the classic book as well as what's the newer revised um ultimate edition which is a slightly different edition with a completely different color they got rid of the butts cover the butts image out of there but the so we've taken to calling it that as well now there were some later artists that were really good like we think we spoke last time how brahm was there uh doing yep. some stuff for them but there was this guy his name was Lesnick, John Zelesnick. And I'm going to I'm going to give him a quick shout out. He's I know that he's uh, he is definitely if you go look online, his his style is very colorful, vibrant. I've got the Sciscape book right here and it's got this psionic woman ripping apart the head of a of some kind of giant robot. And it's got all sorts of psionic weapons that she's got floating around it's really cool really cool and i think the thing that makes it best is his use of color he's very vibrant use of color i really appreciate that but john zelesnik has his own is john zelesnikart.com where he sells prints and stuff like that so i would i'd say hey go support john zelesnik pick up something of his and uh, help him help him put food on the table (laughs) for sure i think what's unique about riffs uh, and some of the Palladium work uh, specifically within Rifts is, you know, we talked about pure fantasy. Yeah. Pure sci-fi. Rifts crams all of it together. Oh, yeah. You know, you got a, you got a wizard fighting a dragon, you know, the, you know, fighting a starfighter. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Some of the images that because Rifts does like the second edition AD&D book did. It's got black and white text throughout and it's got a few pages of full color. Some of these are, are just like the AD&D book. Some of these full color spreads in the original Rifts book are just iconic to me too in the same way that I look at that AD&D player's manual. And there's a couple of them that just, uh, there's this one image, it's called a demon from a rift. It's so dark and cloudy, it's almost hard to make him out, but it is a gorgeous, gorgeous image of this demon. It's just realistic and he's, he's, he's popping out of there. And there was this one of a druid. It looks like there's this druid woman in like leather armor. It looks like it was ripped straight out of a D&D book. It's just total fantasy. There's nothing sci-fi in it. You question if they just wanted to put that image in there because they bought it from someone and could get the rights. And if they had anything to do with Rifts. But I, I loved that when I was younger. That was one, one of the images I loved. Yeah, how did Palladium afford all those artists? Because the artwork is so incredible for the Rifts and Palladium books. How do they afford I mean, all those? I don't know. They've, they've done, I mean, they can't, they've done well enough that they've not been, not stopped printing most of those books. They've put a, a, updates of them. It's been damn near 40 years now they've been cranking this stuff out and they're still going. Yeah, what's that Rift magazine called? The, the Palladium magazine? The Rifter, Rifter? yeah. The Rifter. I mean, the, the artwork, Rifter is amazing. 
all those covers? Yeah, so the Rifter's a little bit different than the main books, and then it's 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 not a faint. So they don't have they have they they get a little proprietary with their IPs, and they put out their own fan zine. It's fan contributed artwork and fan contributed content in the Rifter. So a lot of that stuff, I don't don't know if there's any money that exchanges hand for the Rifter, but but for the main books there is now. There's a lot of great art, I think, today coming out in current contemporary games that I think is some of the best art I've ever seen in games. And it's in a lot of more independent companies and stuff like that. One that I want to point out is, is something that we're going to probably talk a lot more in depth here soon in the next week or so about we're planning on is the Hyperborea book, Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. It is a gorgeous tome. <laughs> It is a book. It is. It's like the Starship Warden weighs like four pounds. Yeah, (laughs) it is beautiful. The front cover of the core book, the colors on that image are so vibrant. The reds and purples and yellow, it just blows my mind. I love it. But when you turn to the back cover, there's a a booty of a Conan or something. It's like the backside (laughs) of a barbarian. In front of a giant wall of some sort of eyeballs. Might be a shock off. <laughs> yeah, the design and the layout of it, it, just everything is just so well composed. There's this slight tidbit of blue that he's standing on in the ground. And it just makes it all pop out so perfect. Because when you look at that green in the back of the eyes, the way they just disappear into this image. Oh my goodness, I love it. It's The detail's perfect. The image, the color, and everything in this is just like, the way that it, the way that it's contrast just makes that barbarian pop. And I just, I'm, I'm obsessed with that it black it back image. It's not like a dynamic fight scene. Nope. The front cover is the one of those fight scenes. The front cover yeah. is, yeah. But it's just the back cover, and it's the backside of that barbarian, and he's got his horns up there, and and his bloody sword and his bloody axe, and it's just such a beautiful, perfect image. I love it. But you know, even though. You know, Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerer's Hyperborea is a more recent game, let's call it. Yeah. The artwork inside of it still, for me, has a good retro feel. Oh, yeah. As well, too. Versus, like, say, like a modern Pathfinder or 5e um, artwork book. You know, but this book, you know, still, I think, gives me a real old school feel. Yeah, so it's it's each chapter has an, a full page color image to start it with. And the rest of the art is black and white. Uh, pencil sketches, pen and ink sketches, things like that. And... One thing I can say is that I get the impression that these full color images on the inside are very different than the paintings on the outside. I get the impression yes. they were almost going for some old Barry Windsor Smith or something like that. Yes, you're right. It does reference Barry Windsor Smith. So it's definitely you look at that and you think, well, these guys really get into Barry Windsor Smith when they're drawing this. Now, do you have any others to to highlight right now? I've got a few that I'm definitely going to want to talk about before the night's over. <laughs> Um, the only other one that I want to mention as it being iconic to the game would be the uh, artwork of John Kovalich, can't pronounce the name, from the uh, Munchkin card game. Oh, yeah. So this is another one, even though it's not a fantasy role-playing game, it's a fantasy yeah. tabletop card game from Munchkin by Steve Jackson Games. I would say his art has also defined the Munchkin game and has been associated with it. They've had guest artists before, but again, his art... I'm holding up Munchkin Conan, of course, but, uh, you know, has really defined that particular genre and game um, and is really iconic to it. So for me, this is the other iconic artist 
linked to a well card game in this case. Yeah, and that's been Steve Jackson has done amazing, interesting games over the years to begin with. We should have definitely have a long Steve Jackson weekend. Steve Jackson where we discussion. Do, yeah, we should probably <laughs> talk a lot more about Steve Jackson games. Uh, Steve Jackson does games doesn't get nearly as much love uh, as 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 they should be getting. I think that a few things that I want to point out art wise. Now I'm a. It's, I've not made it any uh, secret that I'm a big fan of the Lost Lands, Swords and Wizardry and Frog God games. But when it comes to art, there's something that they have done that nobody else has done that I think is really cool. And that's in a lot of the world books they put out for the Lost Lands are just these beautiful landscapes, and and they're the they're they're trying to evoke the setting that you're going to be playing in. They're not they're not the action shots that you get on a lot of these covers with you know riffs and everything else where you have crazy tough guys fighting sometimes you'll get a few people that are walking through these landscapes with the focus is on the land and the world and the setting that it's presenting and i think that's a cool approach and you look at that cover and there's some beautiful beautiful landscape paintings and stuff on some of those that i really appreciate the world of the lost lands book itself has this wonderful rich pink sky and these blue mountains rising above rising above the landscape and it's just it's just a beautiful image it looks great on the shelf i think that some one of the most impressive things though in role-playing game art today are the books that free league is putting out oh free league has put out some pretty amazing stuff i mean they're they're european so their art style is a little bit different oh yeah but it's it's i mean some of the interior art for the uh forbidden lands that we were playing yeah it's incredible artwork yeah the forbidden lands the art and there's beautiful now so here's the thing though when it comes to free league this arts i guess from what i understand they were going for an old school feel with the with the forbidden lands art and inside of it and they do a wonderful job but it's some really solid illustration honestly some of these illustrations are 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 so far above a lot of the other illustrations that you see in a lot of D and stuff it's not even funny it just blows it out of the water solid stuff but but one of the things is that these they are publishing all these art books they're pretty solid artists putting out art books and then the games kind of come after the art so art's a big heavy focus there with freely and they're doing really unique stuff one game that we played was vaccine i think i'm pronouncing that correctly and it, it is nordic horror and the art the illustrations throughout it are just they're they're gorgeous they've all got this certain theme of this green tone to it and everything this greenish tone to the entire book so the, the way that it just flows everything fits together perfectly in the book and that's one thing about the art is that it's really solid art but it's also really consistent whereas like some of the things like the riffs book you just got random really good pieces of random, art that yeah. don't really fit together like free league is good at designing these books the art being very consistent and feel and tone and everything else it's nice the Coriolis book, I don't know exactly. I just did the Coriolis review about how much I love it because <laughs> that's one of the reasons I bring it up. But the art in there, it, it again, it also focuses on not necessarily, it's got art of, you know, the characters you might be playing or seeing, but it's also got a lot of set pieces and landscapes of the space and stuff like that that really invoke this like deep, dark mystery these uh there's this huge image in the middle of the book with this where there's just light cutting through this spaceship and it or this massive space 
I don't know what to call it. This massive space cathedral, right. we'll say. Lots of massive, deep, dark space cathedrals. And it is just gorgeous. And you just imagine being in this place when you see it. I think I'm hitting my mic so with my books. So I'm going to try not to. We'll hopefully do not hear that in the actual podcast. We will see. <laughs> I may have messed things up. Hurting people's ears. But yeah, it's real great. No, I think the Free League, they're, they've been very deliberate in how they choose their artists and how they organize and do the layouts. Yeah. While, like you said, with some of the other ones, you might get a mix of different artists. So the style is, is a little bit jumbled sometimes. But with the Free League, you know, it doesn't matter if you're looking at the character classes or the uh, section on equipment and combat. It all looks very uniform. Connected yeah, it, it works uniform. Together. Exactly. And there's a lot of places that have good art or decent art and it's nowhere near as uniform now like you said being jumbled the ose book i think has wonderful art the old school essentials i love the color art a lot of it look it's just looks very well hand done it does kind of just present a large variety of different types of art though there's not that consistency now the design in the ose book and the layout of it is is top notch it's really clean crisp and easy now i know that the the i I believe the person who designed that and now i might be wrong i believe it was anna urbanic i believe she's the one who did some of that design or worked with them somehow uh but she is doing currently she is uh, uh, doing a kickstarter that i would say check out because she does really solid design work She's doing this herbalist primer. If you haven't heard about that or seen that yet on Kickstarter, it looks beautiful. That's one I'm looking forward to. I think that she's worth noting and following with her work. She does, where's that herbalist primer go? I was going to pull up the herbalist primer and talk about, but I, I seem to have lost that. But yeah, she does really solid work. That herbalist primer looks like a gorgeous book. I'm excited to get it and see how it turns out. I'm going to try to back it if I have enough money. And it's being yeah, put up by look- Exalted Funeral. The cover of that, and I, now again, I don't have the book, but the cover of that is just beautifully illustrated. And 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 it's it's flowers and 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 vegetation, herbology. herbology and- so and it's really good. <laughs> it makes up pretty with that. Beautiful. And the design is 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 it pops. It's solid stuff. I want to go back to Free League, though, for a second. And I want to bring something up that they have done that has that is revolutionary. <laughs> or at least it has maybe not revolutionary, but it has made a big impact. And that is the Morkborg book. Uh, Morkborg. That's a, another crazy, crazy system world. Yeah, it is out there. And the design, the layout, and the art, uh, they describe people have been describing this as as uh, as art punk, and it has been heavily duplicated. It has made an impact in gaming, and I think that most people who are into any kind of OS, OSR, old school gaming, any of these games, you've probably seen somebody mimicking the Morkborg designs and layouts. It's it's made a it's making a cultural like splash in gaming. I think that's cool. The art, it's not the crisp, clear stuff. And and the art and the design kind of go together. And people are definitely jumping on that. People love it. And they're eating it up. And people love duplicating it. It's wonderful. A wonderful thing. There's so much out there. So many zines coming out for this game alone. Yeah, there are. There are. It's crazy. And I've, I've got a bunch of Mark Borg zines that um, Philip Reed, I believe his name is, he put out a bunch. 
really solid books. Definitely check his stuff out. We're definitely going to review some of his books and publications and zines in the upcoming in the weeks to come. Uh, but he's also done a lot of the Morkborg stuff or stuff for Morkborg and the illustrations great in that. The illustration, the design is cool. It's it's a neat new approach and it's 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 got its own thing going on and people are really cranking stuff out. They're cranking. I got I got an album over there, a, a record that I picked up. It's a dungeon <laughs> crawl and I got another one coming and they're both in that style for Morkborg. It's like dungeon crawl adventures with records. How cool is that? <laughs> that's that's art with music and everything else in a dungeon crawl. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I would say like with Morkborg, I would say the design is more artistic yeah. in this layout. So it's a little bit more, well, to me, chaotic because, you know, I'm an engineer. So like the OSE book, I love the layout because it's very straightforward. Yeah. With Morkborg, it seems like there's like art everywhere and text everywhere. And yeah. It's... And like it, it, it exploded in my face. <laughs> yeah, it's very chaotic. It, it's, the, it's the polar opposite of OSE. And it is the polar opposite. And those are two things right now in the in the world of OSR and old school gaming that are pretty popular and blowing up. And people are getting into. I think it's kind of cool. You got the two polar opposites. One over here is chaotic, crazy. The art's real sketchy. Uh, lots of demons. Very, it's supposed to be very heavy metal influenced, death metal, black metal influence, which I love. I used to listen to that stuff all the time back at the desk. Just think of that stuff here and there. Big metal head. Uh, in the metal and punk, so it hits. It, it speaks to me. <laughs> I mean, the D and D heavy fast music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's an upside down cross there with some six 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 stuff going on. <laughs> it, That's fun. It all matches up. That's fun. It all matches up. <laughs> but that reminds me. So there is one game that you know we probably don't talk about too much because we have issues with the creator is uh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess. Yeah, I've not looked. At, I, I I've not picked any of that up. I've I've avoided it because I've heard that they're kind of edge lords, and I've heard issues. Yeah, they are, and I just they are. I mean, you know, they do some well done artwork, but also very controversial style artwork. Yeah, I've not. I mean, I've seen a couple. Um, Second and Charles and Dayton. I've been there a few times, and I've seen one or two of them on the shelf. I pick them up. Oh, this looks cool. I was like, oh, isn't that the kind of edge lord yeah, guy? I'm like, yeah. eh, I'll just moving along. There's plenty of good stuff. I don't have to drop my money there, so I've kind of avoided yeah. that. Have you checked out Troika? Troika is another one that's in the workbook style that's a little bit chaotic for me, so I have a hard time following it. So it's <laughs> it's a cleaner layout, but the art is the art is like ah, it's, it's reminiscent of it's very, playing cards. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say the art looks like it was like elementary school crammed, scribbled in with playing card with- yeah it's really interesting i like the art i'm a fan of it i think it the covers i think are beautiful it's definitely a completely new style it's not going for trying to emulate anything realistic or like no. photo like like with larry elmore and them yeah and they definitely go into a trippier type of feel uh, it's I, I i like it i'm, in, I'm into it I mean, you know, like with Morkborg is probably more like a black meadow. Yeah. Troika is like weird psychedelic Pink Floyd-ish. <laughs> yeah. Troika does more of a, like, what was that Fantastic Planet? Wasn't that what that movie was with the blue people where they kept little tiny humans? You know what I'm talking about? I'm not familiar with that There one. was a, a French cartoon back in the day. Yeah, it was Fantastic Planet. It came out in 73. You'll have to check it out. It's weird. It's strange. You'll <laughs> like it. But 
some of the stuff in there, some of the stuff coming out for it and in there kind of puts me in the mindset of the Fantastic Planet. It was an animated movie. And it's it's weird. It's buggy. It's out there. The Troikia stuff I do like. I think some of the better, some of the better art out right now is happening in more um, OSR circles and things like that. Maybe it's my bias because I like the older style games. But when you get into things that kind of, and, I, and I'm not sure if Troika is OSR. I think it has been considered that, or I don't know what is and whatnot. And Morkborg and things like that, but Knock. Now, I've been waiting for the not, my physical knock issues in the mail for quite a while. This the, I backed it on Kickstarter. It's supposed to be like a 250-page zine or something like that. Have you seen the art and design on that magazine? No, not yet. The illustrations, if you can even just Google it and take a look on Knock magazine. It's uh, the illustrations in it. It's it's very. I don't want to say Mork Borgy, but it's unique in a lot of ways. The Mary Mushmaner who puts it out. It's very much uh, the layout, the design, and everything. The covers are beautiful illustrations of these strange, bizarre, strange looking. Creatures. Yeah, like faces, and they're really cool. And the design and layout on the inside is very unique. They they cram they use it to cram they because I've got the PDFs and I've been looking through them and flipping through them. The one is a one reminds me of a multi eye. The one cover reminds me of a multi eyed Muppet, <laughs> <laughs> and the other of like is kind of a skull type fellow. But they're very similar style. I believe it's probably the same artist. But the way the layout and the design, the text works together, it's just really well done and is visually appealing. And they've cram packed stuff in every square inch of this thing. It's I mean, it's cool. It's a lot of information with a lot of colors. Yeah, I mean, it's not your standard black and white layout with blocks. It's yeah, to me, it's a little bit crazy chaotic as well. Too, yeah, with all the different colors crammed in there. It's very and the text boxes. <laughs> it is very much. I would say, if you're saying it's chaotic, you're probably not far off. But it's it's a cool design, and they got a lot of elements to it. It's it's innovative and completely different direction than like the Dungeons and Dragons books or a Chaosium book or some of the bigger companies go. And I like these uh, independent publications that are kind of pushing the boundaries of design and illustration and going in totally new places. I'm really impressed with them. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely breaking new ground beyond the uh, very traditional. And a lot of this art looks like it's more hand-drawn yes. versus computer graphics drawn like with, with the modern 5E or some of the Pathfinder. Even. Yeah, it's definitely more hand-drawn art and those things. The layout's very much probably being done in either Adobe or uh, Affinity, but everything is nowadays. They're just doing really creative, fun stuff with it, kind of what you're able to do now. I'm impressed with the stuff for Knock. Right now illustrate like like art wise the things that i find the most impressive out there are the knock uh what what freely has been doing with like and even with more boring and stuff like that those things i find interesting because they're just going new places we didn't go whereas before like castles and crusades is good art but they're kind of just doing dnd art that we've always seen and there's not yeah, anything unique about it i love the books i'm not saying anything bad about about their books and stuff they're putting out and swords and wizardry a lot of these things it's, it's, it feels like they're just kind of doing what DD art was doing and has always been doing and not really taking it up a step and doing something new with the art and it's cool to see people going new places with it well it could be also you know the knock is published by frenchman 
Uh, Twerka is published by, you know, the Brits. And then Free League's published by, like, what, the Nordic? Yeah, so um, I guess there's something about, like, European and, like, not, you know, <laughs> a bunch of American illustrators that's that's really right. pushing the boundaries. Yeah, that could be because, you know, everything that we've mentioned so far recently have been all European publishers. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can't lie. I've been really really impressed with european publishers and what kind of stuff they put out in the in the in the illustrations that they're doing and the kind of art they're putting out it really gets me excited but even like with like uh the knock zine i mean i, I don't even know if you can call it a zine it's such a big book it's a book it's not a zine so this is something we're gonna have to do a whole weekend on we're gonna have to invite our friend chuck on here and see if he will come on and we're gonna have to talk about zines because what you're saying i want to i want to address uh because i think there's a lot to unpack and talk about when it comes to zines like yeah because it's 212 pages that's not a zine. yeah that's, that's pretty a big <laughs> it's pretty it's really well I mean, done that's a that's a book. It's got it's it's got a dust jacket. <laughs> yeah, what zine comes with a dust jacket, man? That's a book, dude. That ain't that's that's not a zine it's anymore. It's got a dust jacket now, and at the same time, like in my mind, I'm used to zines from info shops and stuff like that. There's more political zines and more like DIY zines, and I'm really DIY zines, right? Yeah, I'm really familiar with that kind of stuff, and I've and I've cranked out a lot of political zines in my day. So that's the zines I'm used to, and a lot of that's like kind of cut and paste expropriated images and texts when you're getting into some of these zines they're they're you know and i'm used to the idea of zines being fanzines like i said in one previous episode when you've got an official zine coming out by the large publisher company is that a zine anymore but that high quality so. that high quality with a dust jacket you know when we we're doing punk zines back in the day we were literally cutting we have a typewriter yes. we type out an article cut and paste that to fit into an eight and a half by 11, you know, page and then go to the photocopier like Kinko's or whoever it was and go photocopy like, you know, 10 copies and then staple and glue it together. That was your zine. We're supposed to be expropriating all the art from the official sources. The official source isn't supposed to be expropriating the zine from us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened here. I mean, I, I'm not trying to. That seems knock, like that's knock. going on, but no. But, now, knock is an independent thing. I think that I think that the person involved is perhaps a, a professional designer, though, as well. Yeah, yeah. And like they're they're really skilled when it comes to layout. They know their stuff. They know what they're doing. It is obvious that there is good skill, experience, and know how involved with this thing. That's not like, oh, I just did it for my first time. I'm printing it out on my Z rocks. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's our old school style. Right? Yeah. But, uh, so they published like what the first issue, and then they got like up to number two or three. There's two. Now? There's two issues for Knock, uh, and I'm still okay. waiting for both of them in the mail. They told me to, to send them an email if I didn't get it by last week, so I sent them the email. I'm waiting for my Knock issues. I really want to read them in bed. I really want to do a review for them on here. I'm excited for it. I mean, is it coming from France or is it, or is it being printed here in I the U.S.? I think it's coming from France. So that could be why yeah. it's. Uh... So there was they sent out an email on the Kickstarter saying there were problems with shipping. If you didn't get it by X date, tell them and they would make sure they got sent out again or something. So I'm still waiting patiently, excited to get it. 
but yeah, that's up. That's about all. Do you have anything you wanted to add? I think there was, I think I covered, Oh, I didn't talk about Kevin long who I wanted to talk about. Did I talk about Kevin? I briefly talked about him. He passed away. Briefly, in the, he passed away in the nineties and there's a lot of other, I, I feel that we could probably talk about role-playing art. Like you could literally probably just do a podcast on that. Yeah. If you start getting into the nitty gritty, but maybe this is an introductory and it's a, it's a topic we'll definitely be touching back on. Maybe we should, Think about doing episode on individual artists or books and the art and stuff like that at some point. Yeah, yeah. So, well, if you're all listening and you enjoyed what you heard, or if you've heard previous ones and you enjoyed those and not this one, please <laughs> share those episodes on social media and help us get the word out about Wobblies and Wizards. You can find us on Facebook at our Facebook page, which is just called Wobblies and Wizards, or on our blog, which this is kind of an extension of we're kind of taking our blog audio and that's at wobbliesandwizards.com. And as always, keep those dice rolling. And keep rolling those 20s. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>